Think about those times that you're in the middle of a project and you keep coming up against a wall. Those times that you're trying to come up with those creative ideas and no matter what you do, there's so many holdups that are fighting against you and you just can't seem to come up with something fresh. The solution, the next step, the, and it's just a, yeah, it's just a roadblock. It's just a problem. There's so many things that, that weigh into that. And so today we want to talk about identifying those holdups. What are those holdups? What are those things that keep us from being able to move forward? How do we move forward after we've identified? And how do we, how do we take that next step to get out of, you know, that maybe, that maybe pit that we're in? This is Marketing Breakthrough. Whether you've been at it for years in your job, you own your own company, you're crushing the side hustle, or you're just getting started, outside perspective is crucial. I'm Jay. And I'm India. And it's time for a breakthrough experience in your marketing journey. Let's get to it. I think my favorite holdup that it tends to be the most annoying, but it's also something that stays with us is imposter syndrome. Favorite in the sense that you like this holdup? No, that absolutely you're like not. Friends with this? <laughs> <laughs> your no, buddy? I don't like feeling like an imposter, but I have recognized that, you know, even since we started any job, since we were children, we felt like imposters. We felt like we weren't good enough or knowledgeable enough or skilled enough to be the experts in the field that we're in. So it's your favorite of the ones that you don't like. It's <laughs> yes. at the top of the charts. It is the in top. In the dislike yeah. column. No, it's, it's, in, it's my favorite because I think that it should be focused on the most. I think it takes the absolute most amount of work to fight against. And I think that uh, when you talk about solutions, <laughs> when you're figuring out how do you solve this problem... Honestly, the best phrase, which is so much easier said than done, is get over it. I think that we will feel like imposters forever and it will follow you around wherever you go and it takes work to get over it, but that is the solution. How do you get over it? I think that uh, the more that you put yourself out there and you're willing to be vulnerable, the more that you'll see that people can say, yes, I like what you have to say, or yes, you are an expert in this field and it builds up your confidence. So you feel less like an imposter, but no matter what, I think it's this level of acceptance that it will always be there. And to just, every time that little feeling pops up or that little person on your shoulder, you know, speaks doubt into your ear, you have to choose to ignore it and push through. Well, regardless of what you're doing, there can always be somebody that's better than you at anything, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's, whether it's painting or whether it's driving or, you know, taking tests, right? Like there's, there's always somebody that's potentially better than you, but there's nobody else that is you. And I think in the same way we get concerned about, well, what if is a, is a common question just asking the questions about if people don't like us or if people don't like what we have to offer. And the reality is that they can, 
move on, right? You don't have to, you don't have to work with, uh, with that person. And, and so feeling like an imposter, people have that all the time. You have, just as you identified, it's very, very common and it's very simple to fall in under the imposter syndrome umbrella. Mm-hmm. So I remember some guy was talking about, he was talking about Tony Robbins videos or Tony Robbins content that he had released. And, and there was this other guy that had, had learned how to, to make videos and make them go viral. And I was at a, a conference um, at an event where he was speaking at one point and He's in this room and he's talking about how you may be a real estate person, you may be a real estate agent, and you may have these ideas for content that you want to put out there. And then immediately you get hit with that idea of imposter syndrome and then you kind of back down from the idea. Well, somebody else has probably already put that out or definitely Tony Robbins has already put that out. And and this, this guy that was speaking, he said, yeah, but what if somebody sees your video and they don't know who Tony Robbins is or it's not yeah, Maybe those videos by those, the really famous speakers that we know, maybe they're getting a ton of views. Maybe they have a ton of traction. Maybe they have a ton of attention. Um, they have a, t- a, a large following, but that doesn't mean that everybody in the world has seen them. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how many people like I think being an entrepreneur, I, I am in a, a culture around people that know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. And I'm amazed at the number of people that don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. Um, and so, yeah, but that, uh, that imposter syndrome hits. So, so regardless of what you're doing, you may feel like, well, who am I? Well, I used to who think I that I used to think that I would feel less like an imposter if I had a degree on my wall, you know, in a frame or that, you know, somehow a piece of paper that proved that I had spent a bunch of time learning about a subject, then therefore I knew what I was talking about. But something that you have said multiple times, which I think is, it's ironic is that you can learn business from a teacher who doesn't own their own business. And I mean, not that that's, not that that's wrong. I think that, you know, you can go and learn things or you can learn things while you do them. I mean, I, I, we know countless entrepreneurs who chose not to go to college and chose to dive into business and learn how to do things on their own. And it was messy and confusing and they put themselves out there and, and they tried, but they've become very successful. And we also know people who have gone to school to learn about business and are also successful. And I I think that everyone's path is different. And for someone to say that a degree or a certificate or a piece of paper to say that that would make them feel like less of an imposter is just nonsense. Yeah. And, and obviously this conversation isn't about that directly. It's not a a conversation about school, but it's a, it's a big piece of that, of that equation for people to say, well, I haven't gone and I can't do that. And, and, um, you know, maybe I have, for example, an artist, mm-hmm. you know, in some, in some ways there's certain things I think school can be highly beneficial for. <clears throat> there's certain things that I don't necessarily see, um, all the value of it coming out of, but like an artist, does somebody need to go to school to be an artist? Like, you know, 
a painting, you, I think what you what you learn is you know more depth in your field. You learn um, different different mediums, and you learn different ways to communicate, and and different ways to style, and and those kinds of things. But I I don't necessarily know that it necessarily improves the art. You may learn some new skills and techniques, but but ultimately you don't have to go to school to be an artist. Well, we you met can an, artist, be an artist that goes to school. Yeah. We met so. an artist yesterday who was just, uh, I mean, he just showed us what was on his phone and he has a little, uh, stylus on his phone and that's how he, uh, all, like gets an electronic version of, of his artwork. And I mean, he didn't go to school to be an artist. No. He, he just does it in his own time. And I was looking at what he had created and I thought, Oh my gosh, this guy is incredibly talented. Yeah. And, but, but he struggles initially with imposter syndrome. And because I asked him about like publishing it and he's like, I don't know, it's not that good. And what if I, what if I put it out there and people don't really like it or don't really care. And it, it is so easy to get caught in that. So mm-hmm. like you've got these hangups. So, I want to make sure that we can address more of them, but imposter syndrome is a huge one. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that, that I've struggled with, that you've struggled with. And, and it is, you know, just sitting, just sitting in a room with more, uh, more, uh, we'll say more intelligent or, uh, more w- well-versed people or whatever the case is sitting in a room with people that are smarter and better than you is definitely a way to feel like an imposter at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually talking to somebody a few weeks ago and, and he was telling me that he had gone down to this event and it was a, a bunch of people in his industry that were meeting up and, and they were all having a conversation and he goes, you know how they always say, don't be the smartest person in the room? In that room, I'm the least smart person there. And everybody else has done amazing things, and I feel like I've done nothing. And Which is interesting, because from my perspective, and what he's done is really cool. Mm-hmm. And so it is, it's just a perspective, and it's a you know, mindset shift. Well, I think that imposter syndrome translates so perfectly into fear. Talking about the next thing that really holds us up from taking those steps or discovering that level of creativity or, you know, even working on a campaign, like trying to figure out, you know, how you can creatively communicate something is fear. And that can be fear of like the imposter syndrome and fear Mm -hmm. of vulnerability and putting yourself out there. But it can also be fear of uh, taking next steps or, you know, what if it's not good enough? What if somebody doesn't like the project? Um, It could be fear of, you know, financial loss. It could be, I'm fear, I think touches on everything, but mm-hmm. we are, I mean, we're human and fear does definitely take part in our decisions. That being said, I don't know that the fear that we generally have is all that rational. <laughs> and I think that's fair. We make up a lot of things to be afraid of and whether I think a lot of times it's not necessarily even a movie, but you think of the 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 traditional fear for a child of monsters under the closet or under the bed, under the closet, um, <laughs> under the bed or in the closet, and you have these you have these monsters that maybe they came from a book or a, a movie or a TV show, but 
I'm not convinced that that's where it originated from. It's a fear that you had that, you know, it was just imagination running wild. And that's what happens even as you get to a, to be an adult. The monster in your closet isn't so much a monster in the closet. It's who am I? Who am I to put out this art? Mm-hmm. Who am I to uh, like to think this way or to make this statement or to challenge this person? Or who am I to um, to communicate in this way? Or or that that monster in the closet is well. That's failure just, for that's sure. That's not something for me, or mm-hmm. yeah, or or that yeah, that fear of. What if something goes horribly wrong? And actually, to speak to fear, so we we were in Nashville two years ago, and we had we had gone to a conference with a friend, and uh, afterwards we were hanging out with some other friends, and we went to uh, we went to a bar that was uh, they had live music in the basement, and. It was it was really fun. We we mm-hmm. had dinner and um, it was a great time. It was delicious and uh, <laughs> so much good food. <laughs> and our friend was talking about how she was a graphic designer and she was talking about how she would love to do art for this band that was mm-hmm. there, and specifically cover art. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so anyway, she had she had been doodling on a coaster. And she had turned this coaster into like a monogrammed uh, business card, essentially. And it was really cool. And she's like, yeah, I'd love to, to do cover art for this person. And I said, oh, we'll go, go offer, go tell her that you'd be interested in working with her at some point. And she goes, I, I don't know. I can't do that. And, and I said, well, I mean, for one, most people sometimes free stuff is hard to take, but like she didn't even want any money out of it. She just wanted to do something that would be fun. She thought it'd be really cool to get to work with this person. And so she started, but she, but fear sunk in yeah. and imposter syndrome. She's we like, were, well, I know she knows lots of other people. And mm-hmm. we, were, yeah. we were talking about it for 40 minutes. I just yeah. remember it was like, she, I could watch her like physically sweating. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and I said, what's the worst thing that happens? And she didn't really have a response to that. And I was like, here, let me lay it out for you. Worst case scenario. She rips the coaster out of your hand. She throws it on the ground. (laughs) She slaps you across the face and says, get out of my life and don't offer me anything. And, and she was like, and our friend, her response was, I don't think that's going to happen. And I was like, everything's up from there. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't think that's really going to happen. But really, if your fear and I do this with our, you know, with you and I, when we have conversations. Oh, my gosh. It drives is, me nuts. But you make me feel so much better, though. Like the worst case scenario. Mm hmm generally is pretty bad but there's no chance that that's what's happening yeah like it's a point zero 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 one percent chance that Jay's that's just going making to up numbers right now but and yes yeah <laughs> that might be over dramatized Dramatic. i don't know if that's a word Dramatic. i think it's a word i just don't know how to pronounce it anyway so <laughs> so you've got fear um and I want to be, and I want to talk about this be, real quick because we're we're talking about identifying these holdups, and it's less. Uh, it's uh, we're our podcast is marketing breakthrough, and that we're and we're talking 
to people who are in the marketing world. And so, and what we want to address is that sometimes we hit these holdups and we have, we struggle with the projects that we're working on, the things that we're working on, we're struggling with, uh, you know, a campaign or the creative side or, um, whatever it is, but really all of these holdups relate to any point in life, not just marketing. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and I, I want to speak to, to finish your story because it is such an amazing story to share is that, um, that, that friend that was with us in Nashville, she did get up the guts to go talk to this person. Um, they, uh, the lead singer was, uh, her name is Allie Cutter and that's A L Y C U T T E R. And you can check her out on Spotify, but, uh, our friend designed her cover art. She did. Yeah. And it's incredible. And it was amazing. And I think that ended up happening like six to eight months later, but yeah. it was this huge connection. And our, she came away from it saying, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for pushing me to say something and get myself out there. And I think that, and she didn't even have a handprint across her face. No, <laughs> no, so. she didn't get slapped. <laughs> no, but I believe that, you know, putting herself out there like that, you have the fear. Absolutely. And it can control you and it's scary, but it speaks to risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and risk applies, like you said, to any point of life, but it also applies to marketing because marketing is a lot of those calculated risks as we've talked about. And put I put yourself I, out there. And see if it works. Oh, yes. And the next step or the next uh, holdup that we come across a ton in our situation is money. Working with clients or, you know, talking to people and how we can coach them on uh, coming up with a that like calculated understanding or that risk of what to take. And they're putting up this money and they're saying, okay, this is how much it's going to cost. This is what we're going to do. And we're hoping that it works out and we're hoping that leads come in. Uh, but you know, you're still trying your best. Well, and I, and I think that it's even less of that because it's more like, because we have conversations and, and there is a, there is a budget that is, that is discussed and every, everybody has a budget to some extent. Um, people can have a different budget, but it's really sometimes I think that I would speak more to the holdup of, um, less of, uh, I would say like less that there is a budget and, and more that sometimes we just have these, these ideas and these, these big lofty goals and we're just, and we're just running into not enough budget mm-hmm. um, of like, okay, we, we want to do this and we want to accomplish that. But there's, there's so many things that have, that have to go into into that like you look on the you know production level video side and when you're doing that um it is it is absolutely incredible Mm -hmm. the way that that budget comes into play i mean just i mean google any hollywood film and just google the the film title and budget and it's amazing but then you look at the credits at the end and you see all the people that go into that Mm -hmm. and so when we talk about budget on you know a marketing project or um whatever it is that you're proposing you are you've got a lot of pieces a lot of roles that are played in any one specific campaign Mm -hmm. well actually I, i i was thinking about you know 
many years ago when you you were first starting out and you felt the weight and the responsibility of your idea and how much it cost to create that idea and then proposing it to to someone you were working for or you know to a client or even your team and recognizing that I believe that this idea is good but is it as good as this much money and that was always something that became a challenge is like we've talked about in the past is I can get behind any idea and I can sell it and I can be like, yes, this is it. We have to do this. This is the one It's going to solve all the problems, but I can be wrong too. And so I have to get that outside perspective, collaborate with my team, make sure that it is a calculated risk, not just a risk that I, you know, jump in head first on. And for you, your struggle has always been that responsibility. I think that it's easy to allow those things to stop us from dreaming bigger. And I mean, you and I, we've, we've talked so many times about, you know, what if we did this and what if we did that? And those ideas would grow and expand and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And like you had said, is that you come up against, okay, well, what are the budget limitations and what can we make do with? And, you know, how can we create this workaround and recognizing that sometimes there are ideas that are for today. And sometimes there are ideas that are for, you know, two years from now. And, and it's okay to wait if you need to wait. Um, but then like not just giving up on them. I think that it can also like hold ups creatively. Um, it can also be really destructive to tell someone on your team that their idea is an absolute no. Or it's bad. <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes there are bad ideas. And yes, we need to be willing to talk about those things. But if their idea is terrible, finding a way to tweak it or to um, encourage them or come up with a way to incorporate some of it to make them feel still like they're a part of this. Because you're also battling with working with their, someone putting themselves out and coming up with these creative ideas you're battling that and who they are as a person and their emotions against trying to make sure that, you know, we're not focusing. We don't want to prioritize the team's emotions and feelings. We need to prioritize the sales and the customers and how to communicate to them. And so there is that, that balance, especially when you're in that management role. Yeah. And I think we just figure out how we can, how we can get there and how we can how we can make it work and how we can make it happen. So I I think that, you know, unfortunately budget does does play into this because we do have some lofty goals and ideas sometimes, but I think ultimately we just have to instead of saying no or instead of you know, identifying that just doesn't work, then we figure out, okay, how does it work? How can we make this happen? So mm-hmm. um, Well, cool. so speaking about the next hold up and I think this is your favorite to talk about at least is, you know, what does it look like for somebody who is overwhelmed and they've got too much on their plate and how that prevents them from thinking creatively and coming up with ideas? Not my favorite, (laughs) not my favorite. It happens a lot, but, uh, I think getting, becoming overwhelmed and and just having too many things going on is a part of life. And I think that at, times there are people that don't get overwhelmed and I'm kind of envious of them but I think that it's just a part of life and I feel like it's for certain people it's just something that we have to learn how to deal with and it is it's a roadblock for me personally because I uh, I have a hard time then articulating 
all of my thoughts. So like, <clears throat> as an example, I, I keep a lot of things in my head and I can think through things really well <clears throat> in my head and I can keep track of a lot of things in my head. But when it comes to sometimes writing things down and, or articulating things for other people, that is where part of my struggle will be. So I, and that's where I start to lose things. And so I can easily kind of get overwhelmed just naturally with all the things that I have to think about and worry about and do. And, and so to get past that is a lot of times it's helpful to do something that's just fun. Mm -hmm. Something that is, um, not brainless. I hate, I hate that expression. Um, because for anything that involves like a functioning human, you're going to use your brain and, uh, <laughs> you, you're, but to do something that is refreshing, like for me, I love hanging out with friends. So hanging out with people, laughing, doing something, um, that's, that's exciting and something that is, you know, maybe challenging and, you know, a few weeks ago I got to go, uh, wake surfing and, and wakeboarding. And that was just fun. Like it, it's kind of hard to focus on all the challenges or all the things that you're thinking about when you're focused on not dying. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like not falling off of your board uh, into the cold water. No, that's different than dying. Um, yeah, but yes, no, I, I don't know. I just, I get to the point where I'm, um, you know, I'm just focused on, on the thing, the, the moment at hand. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't actually feel like I'm that close to death. Um, well to speak to that though, is that that day that you went, uh, wakeboarding and wake surfing, uh, the end of the day you had sent me a text message and you said, Hey, I'm actually, we're being super productive. We spent some time on the water, but then we ended up working late. And so I think it was, you know, you were working till eight, nine, 10 PM on stuff that we, you felt like you really didn't have the energy to focus on earlier that day. And so there was a significant change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's exciting. It's invigorating, but I think, but getting overwhelmed is just, is just something that happens because when you have, when you're working on a campaign, to any degree. And I will say this, uh, sorry, there's a lot of things that go into any campaign. And the, uh, the thing that I want to add is that if you are working on a proper marketing campaign, I think that if you look at the whole thing as one person or as one part, it should be overwhelming mm -hmm. because any good campaign is not going to be underwhelming because it's not going to succeed. Oh, that's well. great. I like that. And it should be something that is a little, a little daunting, right? There's the old adage of, of if it doesn't scare you, it's not worth doing, mm -hmm. or if it doesn't challenge you, it's not worth doing. So in the same way, like if you're, if your whole campaign, if your whole marketing plan strategy is, we'll say so small that it's easily attainable, then it's probably not big enough. Mm -hmm. No, there, that's good. There's a coach that, that I am friends with that works on uh, social impact projects. And, and 
he he has this conversation with people where he ends up talking uh, talking to them and they've got the i mean they're they're like moonshot massive type goals and they're very lofty and so he'll have a conversation and he and and they'll end up like getting to this breakthrough point and they're like yes this is it this is what i want to do and he'll and he'll sit there and he'll go yeah you know how to do that you know what needs to be done don't you and they'll say yeah i think i know and he goes all right then that's the wrong thing (laughs) it's not big enough we need to refocus because because it's not like if it's if it's easily attainable, if you can figure out just by like in one sitting exactly what needs to be done every step of the way, then you probably haven't jumped big enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, overwhelmed, too much on plate. I think that's a that's a huge hold up. Mm-hmm. But doing something fun, relaxing and then and then knowing that to a certain extent, the amazing things that you're doing. They should be overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think that extent. there's also like being willing to uh, create margin in your life, whether it's in your work situation or also in your personal life is, I mean, Americans especially are notorious for cramming way too much into their lifestyles and there's not very much time to rest. And any time that there is to rest, it's being taken up by, you know, uh, streaming services, Netflix, Disney plus like all these other things that are out there and there's not any margin for that truly quiet opportunity to decompress and relax. And in that relaxation, I mean, we've found that that's where creative ideas are brought about and you can think fresh and have a new perspective, even for yourself. I think my, my favorite example of that is on parks and recreation when Leslie Nope, uh, she can't come up with any fresh ideas and Ron Swanson ends up locking her in a room for the night and says, sleep, go to sleep. You're not helping yourself. And the next morning he unlocks the door and she comes out bursting with ideas, like at least 20, but she had spent the entire day stressing about not having any ideas. And even that the stressing was what was preventing her from coming up with something fresh. On a side note, that's the camping episode. (laughs) It's where you get best. to learn about Sky Mall. Oh my gosh. So I love it so much. It's fantastic. <laughs> and just brings so much hope into the world. Anyway, in a in a negative sort of way, that's not camping. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So uh the other things that we had written down were were lack of confidence and lack of knowledge, which I feel like as holdups, those kind of go into imposter syndrome. Uh, but sometimes it's just uh, lack of knowledge and lack of confidence can be uh, key factors in in like what you're what you're learning and what you're doing or uh, what you are trying to accomplish. And you you have a an idea for let's say for a campaign and you want to you want to make this happen you want to reach more customers you want to gain larger better results through x but you don't have the knowledge and you don't know how to do that and i think that's where it comes back to outside perspective Mm -hmm. it's crucial you have to have you have to have outside perspective because just because you don't know how doesn't mean that someone else in your organization doesn't know how or doesn't mean that there's not somebody that can teach you that. 
and uh, you know you're in a in your your company and you guys you decide that you want to run ads um you know social media ads and like hey we've identified this is what needs to be done and uh, but we don't we don't know how well there's a number of resources out there to to teach you how there's um you know like we can we have the ability to run them for somebody Mm-hmm. And then there's services out there to teach you how to run them. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, but we just get hung up on, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. And sometimes I think the hardest part of, of that is I know that I need help, but I don't even know what question to ask. Mm-hmm. And we know that. And we, we will coach people through kind of through that process of not making people come to your business to not know what question to ask, but presenting those questions um, because nobody wants to feel like an idiot. So <laughs> nobody wants to feel dumb. Nobody wants to feel like they don't know what they're talking about. And so, but sometimes you get this idea and you've got this lofty campaign and this lofty project in front of you and you're going, hey, I want, I want to do this. I don't even know who to ask. I don't know what to ask. I don't know how to ask. I don't know what I need. And like, even in those situations is that I feel like I, I feel like I'm actually, I'm pretty good at, at those conversations and I'll call somebody and say, Hey, I'm looking, I think for a service that you offer and I have no familiarity with this. Now you're the expert. You talk. Yeah. No, I, I think that that step is probably when we have clients or we have even just people talking to us and you, the, when they finally ask that question, all of my heart is just like, yes, I'm so excited for them because I know that that's the hardest step. If you're willing, it's a piece of the breakthrough. Oh, it is. Absolutely. If you're willing to say, I don't know what I'm doing and look for help, that's amazing because you're finally on the track towards discovering what it is you need to do. And as a coach, I, I want to speak to everyone right now. If you are letting your ideas go, if you're ignoring them or setting them aside and not pursuing them because you don't know what to do or because you're afraid to try or because you feel like an imposter, my heart is broken for you because of the amount of ideas that this world could have if people just had a willingness to say, I need help and start asking those questions. You can ask the wrong people. There's nothing wrong with starting and just saying, Hey, do you know anything about this? And maybe they say, no, maybe they have no idea, but then you have your answer. Now move on to the next person and just keep asking until you find that person that is equipped or knowledgeable enough to support you in those ideas and to come up with something. Because as soon as you formulate those steps, then suddenly you're on track And you're creating this amazing idea, whether it's a campaign or a completely new business or a a product that you've been looking to invent for the last 20 years and you've just never done anything with it. I mean, these are things that revolutionize the world. You think about all the famous people out there that have created amazing inventions. They didn't know what they were doing in the beginning, but they started and they tried. And I believe that those are the pieces that take us to the the next level and just being willing to push through those holdups. Yeah, I think it's easy to identify that. And this is where like the imposter syndrome creeps in. But um, 
in in any of those pieces. Like, I don't know why this needs to like why this needs to be shared. And I and and as someone who is like in the world that I am, so working with with clients and seeing the things that they have to offer, and and even being challenged by mentors myself, is you know the world is missing out because you're not willing to put yourself out there, mm-hmm. and and sometimes it's really easy to have an inward selfish focus and go, yeah, that's just not true. Like the the world can't change because of what I have to offer, and. And I mean, it's it. There's a possibility that like the world as a whole won't change, but you might change somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Like, you might change the world. It. I mean, you know, something as simple as as Facebook changed the world. Um, you know, so, something as simple as like like Google was helpful to the world. Um, and then there are smaller ideas and it might not change the world, but it might change somebody's world. It might give somebody something that they have been looking for or wanting, or just bring somebody enough joy that, that, you know, they understood or were able to find the purpose for living or, or whatever right? you have, you have so many different things and you never know what your art is going or, and not just art, but, your creativity and your input and your value, you never know what that has, what that can bring to somebody. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think that, I think that these are all holdups as we're, as we're going through and identifying holdups. There's not a single one of these that we haven't struggled with. Oh my gosh. Even in this conversation, I was thinking, man, this is speaking to me right now. I need to be doing this or, you know, it was really challenging me. Yeah. And Usually things aren't going like, like we talked about with fear, like they're not as bad as you might imagine Mm -hmm. your imagination. The worst case scenarios (laughs) runs. Yeah. Um, going back to a reference from the office again is when, uh, when Michael is in the conference room and there, a bunch of people are sitting in there and, uh, and he he starts his imagination starts running and his and, and Pam goes, Michael, don't let your mind mind run out of a muck. And he says, what does that mean? And she's like, don't let your mind run out of control. Well, why didn't you just say that, Pam? And, and he says, it's easy for you to say I live in a fantasy world. <laughs> Michael Scott is a prime example of identi- as uh, of these holdups. And letting them spiral to worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. But every time you do that, if you can have enough perspective to go, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. There's a good chance that won't happen. So anything that does happen that's not that is positive. Mm -hmm. If you're going through a holdup, if you're struggling with something, identify what that is and then start to start to backtrack, reverse engineer. Why is that happening? What is the piece to that? And what do you need to address right here, right now in order to solve that and get over that hurdle? Marketing Breakthrough is a resource designed to provide tools to implement your next breakthrough idea. To access other resources or to book a coaching one-on-one with India or myself, go to marketingbreakthrough.co.